The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. Amen. Well, that was quite an introduction. I don't know what part of it was true or wasn't true, but uh, just glad to be here. And the reason these four chairs are here is so that if I move around, I can sit down wherever I go. So that's not true. That's not true. Just want to share just a few things with you. Um, want to kind of talk to you as individuals. And then also, if you can hear it as two people, if you can hear it in two ways, hear it as an individual and then hear it as a church body. You know, because God's often, Jesus spoke to us, God speaks to us often as both. You know, we are individuals. And of course, America, we love our individualism, but he also speaks to us as together we're his bride, we're his church, we're his kingdom together. So, so as you hear what I believe, he just a few things he wants me to share with you is that you would try to hear it in both those dimensions, you know, because ultimately it does kind of come down to what you determine to do, what you decide to do in yourself, because we're all stones in this body. We're all, we're all one of the bricks of this body. And what holds us together is Christ. And what holds us together is his love. It certainly isn't us. You know, there's lots of times we don't even like each other that much. Okay, because we're all so different. How many of you have watched The Chosen? Okay, I love it because the dynamic of those disciples living together and you see how different they are and how different opinions they have and how they, oh my goodness. And I'm sure about missions, they would have the same different opinions. You know, sometimes it's, you know, well, we got enough issues here at home. Why are we worrying about, you know, the kingdom of God over there or, you know, um, on and on it goes. Where do we go? You know, how do we do missions? I mean, all these things, everyone's got thoughts. And, and a lot of those thoughts are from God. And so we have to do it a lot of different ways. And I think that's kind of how, you know, I don't think God always has just one way you do things. And so he uses a lot of us, you know, and that's the head scratcher, you know. <laughs> why, does he, why don't he just send angels to everybody, you know, and, and get the, the job done? Because he's doing something in us, too, in this process. He's, he's as part of his family, as his kids, he's saying, I want you to, to, to partake of the, the good part, the wonderful part, the reward of this, if you will go. So I want four, four things. First of all, we have, a, we have a great calling and a privilege. And, and I'm going to start real simply with God has called us all to the same calling, okay? We're all called to do what? Follow Him. Follow Him. Even before we do anything for Him or go on a mission or whatever, He's called us to follow Him. And that means we have to learn to know Him. We have to learn to hear his voice. We have to learn what, his, what he says, what he has said. And then how does, that, how does he say it? What's he saying to me? What's he saying to our church body? You know, oftentimes, one of the things I've discovered in helping missionaries around the world is, is they know how to do a mission, but they don't know God. They don't know him that well. They know of him. You know, they're trying to do something for him, but they really haven't spent a lot of time with him. And so their personal lives are starting to, to get beat around. And all kinds of negative things begin to happen. So first of all, we got to know that, that we're called to follow him. And, and he says, like he did to the fishermen, I'll make you fishers of men. I always think it's interesting because he, he, he knew, in other words, that was their gifting, that was their passion, that was their whatever you want to say, that was their career. And he says, I'm going to take that and I, I want to I use it in the kingdom. Okay? And whatever you are in this earth, whatever you do, I had a friend who was a dairy farmer who's been in Mexico now for 30 plus years. And uh, through him, God has built this incredible church in this city of a couple thousand people, I think, by now. 
And he did it just like a dairy farmer would do it. <laughs> and that's a long explanation, but it's like, I realized that one day, oh, he pastors like a dairy farmer, takes care of a dairy farm, you know? And, and so wherever you're at, if you're a businessman or you are, uh, you know, working in, in, the, in a factory somewhere or whatever, you know, God calls you in that to, to follow him and to be his light, you might say, in that place. And then, of course, as he has spent these years with his disciples, approximately three years, you know, they still don't really fully understand what their mission is or what the task. They all have an opinion on what it's supposed to look like. They all have a thought, this is what Jesus is supposed to do. And of course, he throws them quite the curveball when none of their opinions are correct. None of their thoughts of what he's supposed to do happens. And so they're kind of, you know, in this place. But here's the one thing they did. They followed the Messiah. Without understanding, without full knowledge, without even agreeing with him, they still followed him. That's an important, important, important point. They set their opinions aside, their thoughts aside, and they said, we're still gonna, we don't understand anything going on. This is what we think should happen, how it should happen, when it should happen. And of course, you know, my position and how this is gonna happen, you know, which one of us is gonna be the greatest of this when this thing comes down, you know, who's gonna, who's gonna shine? Then, when they're at that point, and he's about to go to the cross, he gives them, actually this might have been, uh, probably was after the cross, he gives them this great commission that we call it, in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, I think it's on the screen, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So this is our task. We're called to follow him, and then we've been given... A, this broad stroke of a mission to go to all nations and make disciples. In other words, get others to follow him. To say it very simplistically. To get others to follow him. To give them the good news. But, in order that, for that to happen, somebody has to go. You know? I mean, all of us have to go here because we live here. We need to be going. We need to be, we need to understand we've been sent by God himself to make disciples, to spread the good news. But we also have been commissioned to go to all nations. It says it, all nations, everyone, every people group. As of now, as of three weeks ago, the statistics are that 42% of the world still has not heard the gospel. Now, it, used to, it wasn't 20 years ago, it was a lot higher than that. So there has been great progress done, but there's still the reality that 42%. You know, so when I hear someone say, I can't wait till God returns, it kind of, i like, no, no. I mean, I want him to come. I'd love to get out of this place too, like a lot of people. But you know what? There's 42% of the world still hasn't had the opportunity to, to hear the good news. And then Romans 10, 13 to 15 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that a good word? Wow. Everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Well, how then will they call on Him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in Him if they have not heard? How will they call on him if they've never even heard it? I've met people in some of these countries who've never heard the name of Jesus. It, it kind of blew me away. I mean, I knew this. People told me that, but to actually meet someone? And like, now how do I explain Jesus <laughs> to someone who's never heard of him? You know, you have to go to the very basic gospel. And how are they to hear without someone preaching and how are they to preach unless they are sent? So there is this calling, there's this commission, there's this mission about going and sending. Going and sending. And you and I have, 
have this opportunity to do either or. And so today's Mission Sunday, what we're trying to do is present to you the opportunity to go or to help send. Okay? It's not, it's not a program. It's not a, you know, it's not anything that we, you know, we don't keep, have to keep statistics or answer to an office somewhere of how we're doing on this. It's, it's got to be something from our heart. And, and John, 3 John, which is, you know, one chapter, it says this. Some, some men had been sent to them because, because John had heard about how these people, how their love for God and their love for people had been, was so exemplary. And, and they sent these men to talk to them and to share, you know, uh, I guess, thanks and appreciation and and it says, Beloved, it's a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for the brother, for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified of your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles, you know, or you could say those who they're going to, to go to. Therefore, we ought to support people like these that they may be followers, may be fellow workers for the truth. So here, here's our challenge. You know, speaking to you as an individual and as a church body. What, what I want to, I'm speaking for myself, not even as a missions pastor, just as just a brother to you, is let's all get involved okay let's all get involved and that could mean you could ask the lord if, if you need to go you know and uh you know that's going to be few and far between but all of us can help send and there's a couple ways we and what we want to do with our missionaries and the people we send and the people we support is have relationship with them we don't just send them money. We want to have a relationship with them, to know that Crossroads considers you a part of our church, a part of our vision, a part of our ministry, a part of what God's called us to, a part of our fulfilling the Great Commission. So what we're trying to, what we want to encourage you, and I believe it's a, a good thing, I think it's a God thing, it's just a challenge every one of us uh, to give, and to pray and to be specific about it you know so i'm not talking to those of you that already give to, to missionaries i know some of you give to sandy Nye's ministry i know some of you give to other missions i'm not really talking to you because you're already doing it i'm talking to those who never you know said hey i want to be a part of that i want to be a part of sending i want to be a part of the bigger picture of the commission the great mission of the church of our church and sean will talk to you more about how we can do that but i just want to encourage you you know without twisting your arm although i i really don't mind that a little bit because <clears throat> i see the need i see the need and i thought man we are the richest nation in the world barely but we're the richest nation in the world and we can send, we can support, and, and it does more than, it's more than just being a nice person. It's like you're, you're then connected, you're a partner with God's plan. So I just want to encourage you with that, I hope, and challenge you with that, that we'd all leave here thinking, you know, I'm going to give something. I'm going to, I'm going to, God, put someone on my heart, or let me just pick somebody, and I'm going to, I'm going to start supporting them in some uh, important way. So now we're going to fill these other chairs up with uh, some fine folks that I know. And we're going to talk about uh, some of these, these uh, folks that we work with. Now because of security issues for some of them, we can't, I can't really say their name or exactly where they're at, but you have these, uh, these things here, hopefully. If you need them, raise your hand if you didn't get one and there's still some back there. Okay. 
These are gonna, this is going to be kind of our program guide for you to be able, we can say this person without having it, because we're live streaming, we're on the internet, we don't really want, we can't, we got to protect our, our friends, okay? So the first ones, if you look at the bottom right corner on the inside here, right here, I'm going to talk about these friends that many of you know, you've seen them because they've spent a whole year here uh, during COVID, and uh we just want to share a little bit about what they do in Southeast Asia. And they've been there for many years, over, well over a decade. And they, they uh, go there, they were sent there. Uh, he was in the, the military, he was in you know, the, the things that went on over there, and he went back as a part of the Lord's Army, you might say, to to bring the good news, and he does it, and they do it together. Uh, I don't even want to say how they do it, but they do it there together, and we have supported them for a long time. When I say support, I don't mean we support all their needs. We support just a little part, you know. It takes a lot of support and a lot of people, and, and, and they have become part of those people. Because, because God's put those people in their, in their DNA, in His DNA. And it's like they are there doing what the Lord has put in their heart. They, they're the goers. Okay? That doesn't make them more special or less special. It just means they got put in their heart to go and they went. And it's not easy. It's not easy. And yet, if you ask them, they'd say, oh, it's, it's amazingly, you know, we wouldn't do anything else. We can't wait. Now, they've been stuck here, though, for almost, it'll be two and a half years. So, uh, the plan is for them to go back in August, July or August. They've been doing their work via Zoom, but it, it's, it's hard to do the other part of their work, the gospel part, you know, over Zoom. It's much easier when you're living with them. So I want to encourage you to consider them. Maybe that's someone that God will put in your heart and say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to help them. I've seen them. I kind of know a little bit about them because they've shared here before and they were able to share things because we weren't maybe live streaming or whatever. So uh, I'd encourage you to, to consider that. You can read there a little bit about what they do. And uh, there you go. Now, my wife's going to share. First, I was just going to say, it kind of feels like this, like, like mission, like we're spies, right? We're not saying names, we're not. <laughs> uh, we, but what a cool thing to be a part of, something that is really underground that we, have to, we get to be a part of. But I just wanted to sneak in there while you're getting your mic turned on. I don't know if it's on, but... Um, just to remind you, though, in the same way that we're being um, very discreet up here, that these are for us in this room today. Uh, sorry if you're joining us online, but let's not let's make sure not to post any of this information as well online from the papers. Awesome. So next, we can talk about this couple because it's us. Uh, so we are Grady and Sandy Strop. We are with Rejoice Ministries International. And uh, actually, we've been in full-time ministry together for 40 years, Grady a little longer before we got married. And the first 25 years, we were pastors. And then the last 15 years, we've been in missions work. And uh, Grady and I have a heart for missions, missionaries, and their families for over 35 years. We've been kind of in that uh, mindset, and, and our heart has been there. Since 2006, we've traveled to 15 countries and five different continents and have put a lot of stamps in our passports and have a whole lot of air miles uh, with over 60 international trips. On those trips, we've enjoyed serving missionaries, pastors, international students, there's a story, and churches. One of our ministry core values is that we go where we're invited. So if there's an invitation and God supplies the finances, then we're delighted to go and we start packing our bags. Uh, our trips are usually short term. However, our desire is to provide long-term commitment to the workers and the countries that we're invited to. Although we help many in crisis, our first focus is to um, help healthy people stay healthy. Uh, that's with our main goal of uh, doing pastoral, preventive pastoral care. 
with a main goal of encouraging leaders to take care of their own spiritual and emotional health so they can continue to do and serve long-term on the front lines of God's kingdom. If that might make some sense to you, if we can keep them healthy, if we can go in there and check on them and see how they're doing spiritually and emotionally, then they're able to stay longer. Does that make sense? Tell me yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Um, Most of our time is spent teaching on issues of marriage, family, and relationships. One-on-one sessions are almost always part of our ministry time. Uh, We have a similar ministry here in the United States where we're involved in encouraging pastors and church leaders and enjoy teaching on marriage, parenting, and other topics dealing with the basics of Christian living. Grady leads a yearly men's sabbatical retreat in December in Schuyler, uh, Nebraska, among many other things. And I enjoy meeting uh, with women one-on-one to pray and seek God for healing of life's wounds and struggles. We publish a newsletter bi-monthly, so every other month, which you can receive by snail mail, email, and we do have some copies that will be available here at the church in the future at a designated site. So stop today by the, at the lobby on your way out, and you can receive one of our ministry updates, see what it kind of looks like. It's not too lengthy. One of Grady's pet peeves, keep it short, keep it simple, make it powerful, uh, make it impactful. Um, I want to thank Crossroads for your financial support and prayer support in our ministry. I want you to know that you're part of our team. Crossroads supports us on a monthly basis, so where we go, you go. Thanks, team. We ask for your prayers, prayer for scheduling, which is always difficult, Uh, prayers for safety, mostly while we travel in countries, um, over mountains and in planes, trains, and automobiles, in taxis. You could call them that. Every trip is different. We plan a, we make a plan, but God directs our steps, and it's always an adventurous uh, journey. And we want to thank you again, Crossroads family. That's good. That's good. Now, I, now <laughs> I know what we do. It's so good to hear that. I know, now I know what we do. Yes, now they know what you do. Now you're on board. And if you've never seen these two in action on the mission field, you should do it. It is, uh, it's an honor to serve alongside them and what they do. Um, I'm so excited to share with you a little bit about Brandon and Kayla Hoffman, who are some other uh, missionaries that we support. And this, um, this couple is a little bit different from some of the others that you see in here in that Um, God called them into missions at a very young age. And so, you know, I'm just so encouraged and challenged by them because they said yes. And they said, Lord, if you're calling us now, we're going to go now and we're going to trust that you're going to take care of our family. They they went before they even had kids. They're going to, God, you're going to, you're going to take care of our kids if this is what you're calling us to. So uh, for those of you that are in here this morning, just know God will take care of your family if he calls you to do something. But this is a sweet, sweet couple that is in Thailand. They work with a ministry called Ezekiel Rain that works specifically with um, young people who have been victims of slavery or trafficking. And they, um, they, the foundation of their ministry is prayer and worship. I mean, they spend hours in worship uh, for themselves, for their team. They spend hours and hours a week in prayer. But um, they, they have a, a place where they, they bring trafficked uh, victims. They rescue young people out of these scenarios. And then they just teach them about, about Jesus. They teach them how to pray. They teach them how to worship. And um, just they just get to be a, a front row seat to the healing that God can do in their lives. They you know help them with getting a te- learning new trades and getting new jobs. But I love that their foundation is prayer and worship. But they they don't they they stay in their they have their little place. They have a facility, but they also go out to the outlying villages. And they told a story in their newsletter a couple months ago that um, they were going out to meet. But they meet uh, their team would go and do some counseling on a regular basis with a young person who had been a victim to one of those things. And as they would travel to this village, they began having conversations with other people in the village and ended up leading a witch doctor to the Lord through this ministry to this very specific person in that village. You can clap about that. That's exciting. It's so exciting. So, you know, maybe you have a heart for um, for that demographic of people that is struggling. Um, maybe you have a heart for a young couple who gave everything they had to go to the other side of the world to serve Jesus. Um, but if you're wanting to invest in, in a, you know, 
this type of ministry, you know, I just believe they're doing it with the heart of God. They're doing it. Um, they're seeking God's face. They're listening to the Holy Spirit, and then they're going and doing it. And um, it's a, a sweet, sweet couple. They just moved into a new place. Their monthly expenses have have uh, risen, but God has provided them with a larger home that they believe He wants to do something new, a new type of ministry through this home. And so um, they would welcome the support for this new home. This new facility say, they have. Sandy and, Sandy and I have spent some time with them there, and we spent some time with them there. And and sometimes they're they've had strains in the relationship. Just it's just so hard living cross culturally, uh, but they, they keep working through it. They're doing great. So I just wanted to throw that in that uh, you know that's why we want to have long term relationship with them to to help them in all areas of what they're they're doing and why they're there. All right, and, and I love that, uh, that you guys could be a part of our team. Like when we partner with people, um, it, I think sometimes people think that missionaries are like superhumans. They're like a different breed of humanity, right? Like there's like people, and then there's like missionaries, right? Um, but they're, they're broken just like us. They, yeah, yeah they, <laughs> they are. We all got our stuff, right? Yeah. And um, anyway, I love that that Gray and Sandy is as an extension of us get to we don't just send money or pray we get we actually get to be there with them, encouraging on them, sharpening them, and, and make sure they're they're taken care of in a variety of ways. So love love that you guys are part of the team. Um, all right, I'm gonna talk about another one. Uh, this is on your page, bottom left. Uh, these are some some uh, great great folks. They were in the in the went into missions uh, a number of years ago, but due to some um, uh, circumstances, had to come back off the field. So they were working at a local church actually here in Lincoln, um, where uh, I got to meet them and get to know them a little bit, hear about their heart. They continue to have a heart for missions. And so um, now their their kids are are grown. You can see not grown, but older. Um, you can see in the picture there, um, they got their five kids with them. Uh, however, a couple of them stayed here um, and uh, a few of them are with them uh, overseas uh, in the Middle East. And uh, man, what an incredible picture of not just um, an individual um, going and being called or not even a couple going and being called, um, but the buy-in from their from their middle school, high school uh, children um, is pretty phenomenal, um, and uh, so they're there right now. Right now, they're in language school, uh, but this is more than just preparation time. Uh, they're already engaging uh, in their community. Um, they keep people updated from time to time. Send send some prayer requests from time to time, but um, their their primary goal, their primary focus right now is is becoming more and more prepared to be able to do the, the work that is before them. Uh, but they're, they're seeing neighbors and people in their community and engaging in relationships. And they're, I guess what they're doing is doing what we're all called to do, right? Be the light of Jesus right where you're at. And so that's what they're doing. And uh, they're seeing some cool things happening over there, some doors that are opening up for them. Uh, the organization that they're uh, working with um, is... Uh, it's called Live Dead, and that organization, what they're all about, one of the heart, the heart really of, of that ministry is they believe that life change and discipleship and the Christian life flows through the local church. And so uh, once they are made it through uh, language school and are, are ready to go, uh, their heart is to go and plant churches um, wherever God places them, they're in the Middle East. Where they're at right now, maybe where they end up, they may end up moving in that, that area. Um, but they have a heart for uh, a very, very unreached uh, people. And uh, they're just, they just sense the call of God that they're, they're the ones to go and not just talk about Jesus, but they're planning, hey, people are going to get saved and we're going to plant churches and the church is going to rise up right in the middle of this spiritual desert. Um, and, uh, and so we are, uh, we love being connected with them. And uh, again, if you've got a heart, uh, for that area, that people group, this would be an incredible couple to, to come alongside of and really support. Okay. I'm going to talk about the one on the top right side. Uh, again, kind of a sensitive, uh, sensitive one. So, but we I think 
before we were even crossroads, back when we were believers, uh, they may be the, the people that you've supported the longest. Uh, in fact, when we started attending here, we looked on the program one day and saw they were speaking and thought, it must be the people we know. And it was. So we didn't know that <laughs> you all were uh, supporting them as well as uh, our uh, church family. And we've gotten to know them over the years. They originally went with the same group that the others that we talked about, that I talked about, went. But now in the last five years, uh, they've lived there for, I don't know, almost 20 years. But, uh, and they helped begin a, a rehab uh, ministry. You know, drugs in this country uh, that they're in is horrific. I mean, really, maybe one of the worst places in the world. And they uh, have helped uh, a Laotian couple figure or, or um, produce or make a, a ministry to those people. And they're involved in other ministries. But over the years, they were national leaders in this other ministry. Well, over the years, they have all these relationships. And God put it on their heart to do what we do. So they, they now are part of Rejoice Ministries. They're there right now. They amazingly got back in three and a half months ago. And they will be there till, till the middle of February. And they've been meeting with families and couples who've been going through really difficult times. Uh, dynamics with their kids, dynamics with their marriage, dynamics with the teams they're working with. And, and it's been a godsend to those people that they would go and be able to connect with them and now give them pastoral care. And so they, they are an incredible couple. Many of you know them. When you see the picture, you know, oh yeah, we know them. Uh, but let me, let me just throw one thing in here about, about M's, missionaries. When they, when, we've, when they first go, they often are the, the highest support they'll ever get is the first year. They never get more than that probably in the, next, the rest of their career because they don't get cost of living raises and they don't get usually increases. Usually supporters start dropping off over the years. The longer you're in this, often you start losing support. You don't gain it. So that's another reason this is so important. You know, we can come alongside, look, look, we can, we want to help you stay afloat. Uh, so this is, they're definitely a couple worth investing in. And then they invest in other things over there too. So, and, and uh, just encourage you if God puts them on your heart to, to sign up. All right. Well, I want to talk about uh, John and Rita Papa and... Uh, our, we get to work so closely with them in Guatemala, and we're coming for you tomorrow, John and Rita. We're excited. Um, there's nothing like getting off the airplane and walking out to Rita, just shouting your name, ready to give you a hug. If you've been on the trip, you don't even have to know her, and she's waiting for you to give you a hug. So uh, anyway, John and Rita are, you know, I, I, said, I said Brandon and Kayla, they were called to missions very young. Um, John and Rita were a lot older they um, worked regular jobs. Rita was a teacher. Um, they just worked regular jobs. And as they neared retirement age, God just birthed something in them for Guatemala. And so maybe you're sitting in here and you're like, I have some plans in the next few years of retirement. Let me just challenge you. Ask the Lord what he wants to do in you and use you to do in order to further his kingdom. And it might be here in town or it might be in Guatemala. Uh, it might be anywhere, but uh, John and Rita are their primary ministry. They've been there for almost 30 years, but their primary ministry right now in this season is um, is encouraging and uh, just kind of holding the arms of the pastors, specifically in some rural areas that are very, uh, very, very poor. Some of these uh, churches in this area, honestly, they look for young single guys to come and pastor because, frankly, they can't afford a whole family. And so John and Rita go out to this same area. They are there. They were just there yesterday for a wedding. Um, we'll be there again in two days. But uh, they travel a few hours each each way in order to just go and encourage 
um, uh, missionaries. So we're so honored to get to be a part of what they do. We, um, they organize all of our trips and they take care of all the de- uh, details and we get to just come in and live it up for a week, but they do the real work of meeting, um, needs and on the re- on a regular basis. And they're the real deal. You guys, they, um, they are, are receiving financial support to be there. And then they pretty much just turn it right back around and send it to, to pastors and help. They sow that seed right back into what God is doing there. So, um, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say one more thing about them, but anyway, John and Rita. Oh, oh, this is what I love about John and Rita is during COVID when everybody was, you know, shut down and we were in church online, they were attending church at Crossroads online because they really feel so connected here to Crossroads. And every time we're there, I mean, we get updates all the time, but every time they're there, they're just like, please, please tell your church we're praying for them. Please tell them thank you for all the support. Um, They attended some Zoom uh, Bible studies we had. And so they feel so, so connected here. So, uh, just thank you for supporting them, but also we just really believe they're an extension of us to Guatemala on a regular basis. Yeah. One quick thing with that is we have been praying about another young, younger couple, younger meaning under 50 (laughs) to go and cause they're in their mid seventies and, and we want them to train another couple to do what they do so that even our work can continue there because you need someone on the ground to help do even what we do. So wouldn't it be great if it was a couple from here? Yes. Yes. <laughs> It'd be great. So anyway, you pray about that. It could be you. Um, so I get the honor and to focus on our own Crossroads Ministry uh, missionaries, Rodney and Melinda Heinrichs. And uh, they founded Reaching the Unreached 30 years ago. And in 1991, Rodney asked God for the name of an unreached people group that he could begin to pray for. And the Lord gave him the Banjara people in India. When they were able to travel to India, they went to the gypsy villages that are called Tandas. And Tandas are places that nobody goes to. And because no one goes there, the Banjara people... They had never heard the name of Jesus before they arrived. Take that for a minute. They went to a place nobody goes to, and those people got to hear for the very first time the name of Jesus. After hearing the gospel, the village chief asked Rodney, how long have you had this good news? And Rodney responded, 2,000 years. And the village chief said, why did it take you so long to come? Wow. The spreading of the gospel is still not complete. In 2022, some are still waiting there. There are 15 mission stations there ministering in 530 tondas, 450 house churches with about 2,000 people attending those house churches. Pastor Dan and Margie Clowder are the leaders of Reaching the Unreached in India. Tim and Bev Nappy are the leaders of Reaching the Unreached in nations, in five nations in the continent of Africa. So Rodney and Melinda have basically been two particular regions, India and Africa. 20 national missionaries, I'm sorry, there are nine mission stations in Ghana and one station in Ivory Coast. There are 20 national missionaries that are ministering to 35 different tribes. However, 1,500 villages still don't have a church building. 15,000. Oh, one more zero. Wow. Thank you, Rodney. Good to have him here today. Wow. So that's even more impactful. Wow. Uh, Rodney and Melinda communicate regularly with these pastors and missionaries, and they also raise funds for church roofs and houses for these missionaries. 179 churches have had their modest beginnings under the mango tree, leading 10,000 people into having a relationship with Jesus Christ, the name they'd never heard before. Amen. I would strongly encourage you to connect on the Crossroads website missions page here shortly where you'll be able to find two short videos 
um, that um, Reaching the Unreached has done, and they're amazing. You'll hear the amazing story of Pastor Everett and his wife Rose, who minister in 18 different villages with 1,000 villagers attending. Pastor Everett and Rose minister in a village that did not have an elementary school. So what do you think they did? You're right. They started their school. The only material thing that they had when they started their school was one piece of chalk. And they wrote on the back side of the church wall as they began the school. That's a humble beginning, but powerful now. There are now 345 children attending that school. So that's awesome. I'm sure they have maybe a little bit more chalk now. Praise God. As you leave today, please stop in the lobby where you'll find two big books that the Heinrichs have written. They're packed full of amazing missionary stories, and they're $10 each. One's called 70 Years of Answered Prayers. Rodney wrote that book. And together they wrote, Tell Them I Know Them by Name. Amazing, amazing stories in here. Just packed full of stories. $10 each. You can get them in the, in the, at the book table back here in the lobby. Crossroads, we are part of this mission work in Africa and India. And as we support and pray for these, this precious couple, please join me as we honor and thank our missionaries, Rodney and Melinda Heinrichs. Thank you, Pastor Grady and Sandy and Beth, for helping introduce us uh, introduce us to our our missionaries. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about one other um, group that we're connected with. Um, I, I I would still call them missionaries. Um, they don't call themselves that. Uh, but another group I wanted to touch on uh, that you're not gonna find in here is. Our, uh, and we call them our, they're not really our, except they're ours in our heart, <laughs> uh, our Guatemalan pastors. Um, so when we go to Guatemala, uh, uh, and, and Beth had, had talked about this uh, when she talked about the Papas, uh, when we go to Guatemala, um, we go to a particular section um, of, of Guatemala out in the mountains, as Beth mentioned, pretty rural, a lot of places. It's where people are getting started. Honestly, some of these... Um, <laughs> They have a different strategy than we do in the States when it comes to education and pastoring and training. Uh, basically, if you have one semester of, of Bible college they and you're ready to go, they will just send you into a village uh, that has a church and maybe a, I mean, maybe a building and hopefully a, a, a house to live in, maybe. Um, and that's about it, dirt floors. And, uh, and, and man, we just, we have just developed a heart for these, these people. So there's about 23 churches, I believe, uh, in that section. And, and our, our ministry there is, is very similar to really the, the heart of RMI. We don't go, we don't do big services and we don't have everybody come and listen to us preach kind of things. Uh, though there's, there's, there's a time and place for those. Our role and our heart is that we would, um, the illustration that, that we use often is, is the story when the Israelites were, were in battle and, and Moses as their leader, uh, as long as his hands were raised, the Israelites were winning. And when his hands dropped, they began to lose the battle. And so Aaron and another guy named Hur held Moses' arms up so that the, the Israelites would continue to win. And our heart and our ministry in Guatemala is that we want to be the Aaron and her of the pastors that have been called to pastors of those villages. Um, you know, anytime you go on a mission trip and you see a, a level of, of, of poverty, it always impacts you. But I'll be honest, for a while, when I first started going, it was kind of this thing where I was like, man, well, I mean, yes, that's hard, but, you know, they, this is all they've known. And so that may, it just kind of changes the thing. And here I am. Here's the deal. The large majority of the pastors in that section that have very, very little, they actually came from the, the cities. They came from Guatemala City or they came from the, the places that have modern conveniences. Um, and they're going literally to a culture that is not their own. 
to, to pastor these churches. They're going because somebody says, these people need somebody to point them to Jesus, and these young, there's a, there's a new one right now. He looks like he's 12. I don't know. Um, there's a new one that I bet you, I, I bet you, 18, 19, probably. Um, maybe he's 25 and he just looks real young. I don't know. But these, young, these, these guys, these, these young ladies, they start very, very young, and uh, they just go for it. And so we, we have been privileged to be able to partner with them, and, and we've just been able to love on them. Now this will be our 11th trip uh, over the last, since 2015. And, um, and we've been able to see now some of them raise up and, and end up getting moved into other places and, and growing in their influence, and it's so cool to see. But here's the thing. Um, we learned this a, a while back, is that, the, that there are many of them that live on um, $20 a month. And uh, regularly go without meals, they will with a smile on their face and just straightforward. Yeah, sometimes we'll just, you know, have a cup of coffee um, and maybe a tortilla for one meal, and then that's it. I mean, it just, it's heart-wrenching. Um, and I know this, this, this takes place in other places, but we get the, the honor to sit with these brothers and sisters in Christ who are pastoring. And so we have felt like, so we are going to, and I'm going to explain more about this here in a second, but we're going to invite you to partner with some of our missionaries financially and through prayer. And, and also, we want to provide this other opportunity to partner with a Guatemalan pastor and help provide $25 a month to, to make sure that our Guatemalan pastors who are called, they've left the, that which they've known to go to a culture that is, is different from theirs, um, to be able to pastor a church and, and lead people to Jesus. And we want to pastor with those, or we want to partner with those 23 pastors to make sure that every single one of them has, I mean, it sounds so, so simple, but $25 a month to be able to buy food, buy groceries. Some of them, uh, maybe they've got some other income and, and may, just provide basic resources for their church. Um, and, and so we're going we're gonna to be talking about that in just a moment, um, but they're missionaries in, in every sense of the word. They're called to go to a culture other than their own to build the church and move, lead people to Jesus. And so that's going to be our, our, they're not in here. Um, it's a little bit different. We don't currently support uh, I mean, we support John and Rita, but we don't have a direct line towards those Guatemalan pastors. So I want to just introduce what that is about. Um, hey, I'm I'm going to. I had a, a number of notes, but you know, Grady and I had talked about um, generally what each of us was going to say, and the Lord knew the timing we we're going to have, and so apparently we landed on so much of the exact same thing we we're going to talk about. So, um, so we get a fast track. Um, you know, you know, uh, one verse of scripture that comes to mind is, is James chapter two, and I'm just gonna—I'll I'll just read this one. Um, it, it's a verse of scripture that that we commonly uh, are very familiar with, but it says this: uh, James chapter two, verse fourteen. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but has nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Um, you know, I was just thinking about that this week as, as that pertains to this. I'll be honest, I've been, I've been in so many different mission services where we're going to talk about missionaries and all that kind of stuff, and my general demeanor is go in peace, be well and well-fed. Uh, thanks for sharing your story. I'll pray for you. And then I don't, right? Um, let's, just, let's, just, let's just come clean. How many of you have had that exact experience before? All right, we're, we're coming clean. We're being honest. Okay, okay. And, and, and I say I don't. Man, I'll pray for them. But sometimes I, I just forget. So, you know, I've been to a lot of these, these missions. We talk about missions. And, I, and, I, and my heart is there. Like, I want to pray for missionaries all the time. But, and, and then, then I'll, I'll pray for missionaries for like a day or three two or a week if I'm good, and then it just kind of slides off the back burner. There's a verse of scripture that I think is really, really important when it comes to this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 says this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Can I tell you something? You'll pray for what you pay for. Um, like that's, that's, that's like scripture, I think. I think that's what that means, right? If you discipline your treasure, it will direct your heart. Right, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm stretching too far. There's where your treasure is, 
there your heart is going to be. And, and I've, I've, I've been guilty. Listen, like I said, I'm not trying to twist arms that much, but I, I want us to be able to see Scripture for what it is. Like, we, we have it good. Even those of us who struggle when we find ourselves in tough times, we still have it good. And, and there is something about, like, man, I, I, want, I want to be about the Great Commission. And, and I want to be actively and personally invested in, the, in my world right now, like Grady said, someone, that's one of the quick responses. Well, what about the ministry here? Well, that's a really, real common response for somebody who's not doing anything, right? I mean, some people are, some people are, but sometimes we just instantly go, well, what about the, the missionaries, the ministries? Well, we decided about that. We're actually going to, next month, we're going to talk about some local stuff that we support, and we're going to challenge you to, to, to partner with that. But here's the thing. A lot of the local ministries have have outlets for funds and, and, and whatnot because of they're connected here locally. Our, our missionaries, like, like Grady said, like they're never more connected than the day before they go to the mission field. But when you leave the country for years on end, you don't tend to raise more support. Uh, our Guatemalan pastors are completely isolated. Um, and so we want to go, we wanted to bring forward the greatest financial need first, uh, not, not to take away from some of the local stuff, but one of the greatest, greater financial needs uh, first. And, and listen, I believe that so many of us, we have the heart for people. We have the heart to, like, like we sang today, build his church, right? We have the heart for it. But, but I'm going to challenge us that if our heart is truly there, but sometimes we miss, like we get distracted. My heart gets distracted sometimes. If we can, my heart is hard to discipline, but if I discipline my finances, if I discipline my treasure, and Jesus said, that, 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 that scripture is from Jesus, and Jesus said, where your treasures are, your heart will be also. If I discipline my treasure, it will direct my heart. Um, so that every time you drop that check or that cash or see that recurring gift come out of your bank account, you can pray for the one that it's going to. Because we need to be people who are thinking bigger than ourselves and praying bigger than ourselves. Uh, we get a partner with this. You know, Grady talked about as well that we, we our missions partners, our, our missionaries or whatever um, around the world, this is very relationally driven. We get asks all the time. We get contacted all the time about missionary works and, and, and different projects and all kinds of things. Um, but we have we've chosen the people to support everybody they're going to find in here because we we have relationship with them before we even started giving and so we, we wanted to, to to make that a part of it so here's here's the ask i'm not going to beat around the bush anymore here's here's what i'm going to ask and then i'm going to tell you how it kind of works um so i just want to be clear what we're what we're proposing now is is that that you would prayerfully consider and i'm not asking anybody to do anything today because i don't want a, a, like a, a knee-jerk emotional decision unless you feel like god's like put on your heart and it's clear as day then you act on it uh but but we're not trying to emotionally twist anybody's arms um we're going to ask that you would prayerfully consider to sponsor a missionary and or a guatemalan pastor uh for at least 25 dollars a month and uh, if you, for some of you, you, you go like, hey, I've got the capacity and this seems amazing and I need to, man, God's speaking to me. I'm going to support every single one of our missionaries at $25 a month. If you want to do that, you can do that. Or if you want to do one of them, I'm, I'm going to do one, pa I'm going to sp sponsor whoever it might be. I'm going to sponsor the Hoffmans at hundred bucks a month. I'm going to do that. I believe God has put us in a unique position to be here now, have the resources that we have so we can fund his work around the globe. And uh, if we want to get that number down, that like that number who's never heard the name of Jesus, if we're just going to get logistical here, it takes money and resources to get the job done. And, uh, and so I'm going to make the ask. This doesn't, this doesn't help Crossroads Church. What it does is it builds the, the, the kingdom of God globally. And so, so here's, here's what we're going to do. After service, uh, Pastor Grady and Sandy and Beth are all going to be out. There's a table. It didn't have anything on it when you came in, but there's a table out in, in the lobby. And what it's going to have is going to have these uh, support cards. And all it does is just say a little bit about who they are and what they do. Uh, mostly the same 
as in here, okay? These aren't like trading cards. We're not saying, hey, anybody who wants one, go get one. That's why you have this. Take this home, put it on your night. Where do you pray? Put it there. Put it in your Bible. Put it on your nightstand. Put it on your side table. Uh, put it on your fridge. Put it, where do you pray? Put this there and pray for, for all of the ones that, 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 that are partners with us in what God is doing around the world. I want you to, to take one of these if you're ready to make a financial commitment of at least $25 a month towards one of our missionaries. Now, $25 a month, maybe you say, is that really going to make a big difference? No, but if, if, like, if you give 25 and you give 25 and you give 25 and you give 25 and we're already giving, we can begin to build up. Here's the deal, guys. I don't want our missionaries to be in need. I don't want our missionaries to have a vision bigger than their resources. And you know what? I could almost guarantee you that just about all of them do. Let's be the resource so that the vision that God has put in their heart can be carried out. Okay? So here's, here's, uh, here's what, how it currently works right now. Every time that you give to Crossroads Church, if it's undesignated or if it's marked offering or tithe in a, in a general sense like that, um, we give 10 we tithe on that. So we give 10% of everything that we receive undesignated or as offering or tithe. We give 10% of all of that. We give it away. And we put it into three buckets, foreign missions, home missions, which we'll talk about next month or so, uh, and then benevolence. Let's take care of the needs within the church and then take care of people who walk in and have needs. So it goes into those three areas. One of the conversations we've had as elders a number of times is like, and with, with Pastor Grady's influence as well, is like, what do we, what do we, do we, we, at what point do we add more missionaries? We're not financially at a place to be able to do that. We'd like to, I mean, our, as a, that 10% goes up, we'd like to be able to, uh, continue to add more missionaries, but it, it's where Pastor Grady influenced us. Adding more missionaries is fine. It builds your network larger, but we need to make sure that the missionaries we currently have are receiving the resources that they, that they need. And so we, it's super fun to be a part of a church who gives globally, right? But I'm going to invite you to be more than just a part of a church that does it, but that you would be personally invested in doing it. So what it would look like is that monthly, when you get, you know, whether it's on your paycheck or whatever, however you want to work it out, but every month that you would say, I'm going to give 25 bucks a month to this missionary, whether you drop in a check or you, or you, you drop in your cash or, or even make a recurring gift on, that's honestly, Beth and I do this. It's the easiest way to do it, a recurring gift on, on our, our online giving. It makes it really easy. Um, and we don't forget. <laughs> so we want to challenge you and encourage you to consider it. I'm going to say this one thing, though, about this, um, and this is dear to my heart, too. We've never done supporting, we've never supported our Guatemalan pastors before. Uh, this is something new that we as Crossroads are, are wanting to do. Uh, if you're, like, on the fence, you're not sure of the financial thing or, or want to do it, but you kind of pick a missionary. I mean, missionaries need it, and missionaries need to be faithful. It's a one-year commitment, not a lifetime, like, deal. But if you pick a Guatemalan pastor, please, 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 please make sure that it comes in monthly. <laughs> because if you make $20 a month and then somebody doubles your income and then one month, all of a sudden you make 40, you get a 60% pay cut that month. That's hard. Does that make sense? I just want to be logistically, you know, you know. So let's make sure that we do that. But I want, here's my goal is that all of the, some of the, some of the missionaries, sorry, some of the, Guatemalan pastors do have some people from supporting them from other churches or whatever. So we're going to focus on those who don't, but the majority of them don't. And so I'd love to see everyone in the section that we, that we lead, section that we uh, minister to, every single one of them have at least something coming in to make sure they can provide for. And I would love to see all seven of our missionaries, their giving go up so that they can be resourced for the vision that they have. And so I'm inviting you, I'm inviting you. So take these, listen, take these if you're ready to say, I'm, I'm doing it. So if you find your, find, these are going to be out on the table, find your missionary that you want to support and pick up the card and then pray for them and pay for them. <laughs> and uh, so here's the thing, we'll be, we'll be tracking the, the Guatemalan one because we'll need to do that. But with our, our other missionaries, it's going to be an honor system. Uh, we, want you to, uh, we want you to be able to give um, as you're able and as, as you commit, but again, one year, we're not asking you to do it forever, one year, um, because I believe that God wants to stir up a greater heart for the lost in us. And it's, that's, that's easy to say in a church setting, but, but I believe God is, is stirring us today to action.
okay? So some of you right now, you're like, oh man, this is awesome, Let me, let's go, okay? Some of you are going like, okay, that's a, that's a real life commitment. I need, I need to pray about this. Or maybe some of you are afraid right now of, of something, uh, an amount that God is putting on your heart right now, then you go home and pray about that. There's no arm twisting. We're just inviting you to get to do something that's awesome to partner with and pray for. Some of these, some of these missionaries you can stay connected with. Some of these, a lot of the, I know it's crazy, dirt fours, but they all have Facebook. I don't exactly know how it all works, but it, it does. Uh, you can stay connected with them. Like, so there's so many opportunities to, to be more than just financial, but we're going to be prayer, and we're even going to do our best to be able to. Some of the missionaries you can connect with. Some of them are a little bit harder to connect with. Um, but we're going we're gonna to trust that God's going to do some things through us. Anybody, anybody ready to build his church in practical and logistical ways? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.